0: Welcome to the open source way. This is our podcast series, SAP's podcast series, about the difference that open source can be. And in each episode, we will talk with experts about open source and why they do it the open source way. I'm your host, Carsten Hoaager, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to Max Mehl from Deutsche Bahn, so the German railway system and Sebastian Wolf from SAP about the concept of software builds of material or s s-bombs. Hey, Max and Sebastian, nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you, it's a pleasure.
1: Hey, Carsten, nice to see you again.
0: Yeah, it's again with Sebastian. If you go through past episodes, you will find him at least twice, I think, or three times before. Max is with, uh, let's say, something like the open source program office at Deutsche Bahn, as I said, German Railways, or rather the DB SysTel. That's the IT and communications part of Deutsche Bahn, I assume. And Sebastian is with the open source program office at SAP. So that sounds pretty similar. The difference between the two is that Sebastian is a developer by trade, or at least by history. And Max, by degree, is a political scientist. Uh, Max, uh, unplanned question. How did you end up uh, at the IT department of Deutsche Bahn as a political scientist?
2: That's a good question. And I get that asked very often. Actually, when I decided for what I want to study, I had two main interests, which uh, one was informatics and the other one was uh, political things, basically. And I, I was wondering which is the one that I can train myself uh, in and which one is harder to do. And so I decided to go to the university and uh, study political science. Uh, but actually, uh, during an internship um, that I had to make during the course, I yeah, got to see, got to know uh, the Free Software Foundation Europe, where I was also later employed made my internship there and was also very interested in uh, technical things anyway so this is how I got into the open source free software world and I stick there and uh, I find it fascinating that the overlap of uh, policy making,
0: political things and technology is uh, becoming larger and larger. Good for you, good for you, at least I think that. I'm totally tempted to now sh- take a sharp turn and have 45 minutes of political discussions here, <clears throat> but I don't think either of the companies will like that. So let's maybe take a look at, uh, you guys know each other from before, as far as I know. You met at, uh, what, the Bit.com Open Source Forum, and and you also talked at an SAP event, Max, is that right? Uh, yes,
2: that's right, uh, Sebastian, I at least first in reality met at uh, the Bitcom Open Source Forum last year, I guess. And uh, but also virtually, I think beforehand, uh, I think um, all things about open source licensing, the reuse initiative and other topics. That's right. If I remember correctly. That's absolutely right. It was really a pleasure to meet
1: you in person, especially also after this uh, long COVID times. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, <laughs> okay but uh, we're not really here to discuss the history of your long friendship or however we want to call this. Everyone probably knows what a bomb is, a bill of materials. Uh, So that's the list of things that are contained in something. Everyone at least has an idea what a software bill of materials might be. So, Max, what you exactly point out at this SAP Ospology event why we have to worry about or think about SBOMs more? Yeah,
2: basically what you said was part of my job that I was given at this event. Uh, I was asked by the organizers to give a short introduction into SBOM and the background is that we uh, aim for a baseline understanding of SBOM because it was part of subsequent discussions that we had on this day, uh, be it on the for political topics or also some technical ones. So it was there to avoid larger knowledge gaps and also misunderstandings. But apart from just the basic introduction to SBOM that you basically just also gave here, Carsten, I was saying to the people that SBOMs are basically just a file with a defined format. And unlike other advertisements that you can see around, SBOMs are not a tool, not a solution, not a a product that you can buy, not a project that you can just install and definitely not a universal remedy for all problems that you might have when managing security or open source. Um, SBOMS, in my opinion, only means to an end and it very much depends on the exact usage scenario that you depend on and also the implementation and very individual use cases and risk assessments that you can make as an organization or also individual. And uh, this is also where the largest challenge is. I talked about some stumbling blocks, and I think the largest one is the exact implementation of s generation and also consumption into the very unique software development life cycles that an organization might have. And uh, my final call to action uh, to the audience was to not wait for the perfect solution to cover all the possible edge cases and use cases that you might have, but instead get started with it Talking with other parts of the company, with the engineers, with everyone affected or integrated into the supply chain that you have as an organization. And yeah, get started and get real life
0: experiences. Okay, I see. Uh, but what, again, is the particular relevance to open source? I mean, Sebastian, we do have a system, the TPMS uh, that takes care of things like that internally at SAP. Uh, What's the specific relevance to open source?
1: Yeah, so open source is pretty much everywhere when it comes to to S-BOM handling and there are two main dimensions to it, right? Uh, The first and probably most important one is uh, that uh, there are a lot of open source component usages as we also see in this internal system. So, um, and It's probably not only the case at SAP, but uh, across the whole industry, virtually all software products either contain open-source software these days or touch it to a certain extent. So we need to handle these open-source software component usages. And uh, why is that the case? That's pretty simple. Virtually all open-source software components come with certain legal obligations, so it's not a let's say, uh, optional thing, but it's a mandatory thing uh, from a legal perspective, by law. Uh, So we need, for example, to give credit to the original authors, we need to check uh, which license obligations we have, what we can do with the software, and so on and so on. So to be able to fulfill all of these requirements and to manage them properly, you need to get a full list of components, including, and that's very important, including all the metadata. And uh, this pretty much is this SBOM. So it's both a combination between uh, commercial and open source component usages. The second dimension is, of course, that you can use open source tools and services to create an SBOM to do this uh, management of this metadata. So there's, for example, this open source review toolkit as one of the most prominent examples, probably, but of course, <laughs> um, there are a lot of uh, other ones. Um, in the community that can be used uh, from the smaller to the bigger ones and yeah, that's also used to fulfill all these tasks from a legal perspective.
2: And if I may add to that I think it's, it's even beyond just legal requirements or requirements caused by the open source licenses. I think SBOMs also help with improving open source management in general or support it. For instance, one use case is if we as an organization had a uh, a common standard and and place where to put S-bombs and how to generate it and also how to ingest it. We could have a really good oversight in basically how open source is used in this organization and that could help answer questions like what is actually the most used open source component or dependency that I have in my whole supply chain of the the whole organization. Or uh, I could answer questions like, which technologies are most relevant for me? Like, where do I have to train my developers in? Where do I have to invest, perhaps? So, in general, it can help allocate resources. Uh, that could also be open source sponsoring or investment into technologies. Or I want that my developers contribute their time in uh, meaningful projects and not those only for edge cases. So, in general, yeah, s bombs are a tool to uh, to yeah help with open source management in general.
0: Now, with that last statement, you took it a bit also to the side of being the basis of analytics, but is it not still mainly a part of, let's say, as we've had another episode, that was called like that uh, building trust in the software supply chain, because everything is properly declared?
1: Yeah, so... um there's certainly one aspect, I would say, So, but there's much more to it. You can use it, of course, to manage your whole software supply chain as we do it for, um, with all this metadata inside of SAP already since decades, I would say. But um, it's, uh, as I said also, to manage license compliance, also when it comes to export control restrictions, so there are additional metadata uh, when it comes to cryptography um, and and similar things that uh, are under a certain jurisdiction not allowed to export and and many many things more so yes it's one aspect but we certainly go beyond that in several areas
0: okay understood but don't we for all of this that we talked about so far don't we have or doesn't the world have uh, spdx and cyclone dx for that You're right, like
2: SPDX and CycloneDX are basically the most prominent standards for SBOMs in general. But as I said in the beginning, uh, SBOMs basically are just a file, a well-defined file with a format. Um, So these are machine-readable, in part also human-readable. And yeah, but in the end, they are also only files. And they come with some reasoning behind it and of course a lot of discussions Like, for instance, which information is actually important for managing the software supply chain, as Sebastian said, but also for general open source management. But as I also said in the beginning, I think the the main challenge here is how organizations can create S-BOMs for all the software that they develop and also ingest from externally and how to integrate it into the software development life cycles. How do developers... uh, work with it and how do I store then bombs, and how do I analyze them and with which questions uh, in the back of my mind. And both standards don't really answer these very hard questions, probably because they're very individual and depending on the unique organization and on the unique questions and the risk assessments and challenges that an organization faces.
1: Yeah, and maybe I could add <clears throat> as well a bit that uh, there are also additional challenges inside of each company that are not necessarily already in the standards. Um, we we had another podcast episode about um, software bill of delivery that uh, comes later in the software lifecycle, of course, and that's of course also an important aspect. In the company, how do I actually deliver my software um, that has all these, uh, let's say, different components. So I have my uh, freight papers, uh, if you might call it like that. How do I bring that then to the customer? And then we need to have uh, concepts like products, services or um, other uh, components that I also need to manage inside my company. And that highly depends, of course, on the business processes inside of this company. So, yeah, the standards themselves are extensible. There are also developments uh, that uh, have targets to uh, include uh, such concepts that are necessary in the industry. So, the the standardization is planned or ongoing, but of course, we still have a long way to go here, and that's part of the challenge uh, every one of us needs to solve in, in the different companies, of course.
0: Okay, maybe two things to clarify quickly. Max, if I understood you right we could actually do everything with SPDX or Cyclone DX, but the question is how exactly and does everybody do it the same way or at least in a way that could communicate with each other, right?
2: Yes, that's right. Perhaps you cannot cover every edge case that you might think of, but I think the the, the basic functionality is there to manage the risk and the the topics that uh, Sebastian and I have been talking about. But yeah, in general, I also... One of the arguments that I often bring in when I talk to people is when they say, well, there there are so many fields that I have to fill with these s bombs about so many different metadata. And my main argument is to not focus on filling all the possible fields that you need, but instead focus on the minimum requirements that you need in order to answer the questions that you would like to have answered or the risk or the opportunities that you've identified. And then, of course, uh, what you said already, it's not only important that I generate this information, but that if I have a supplier, for instance, that I also ask these suppliers to give me this information properly. And then, of course, the whole process of did they actually fill in this information correctly starts. um, But I think this is the main challenge for an organization, especially for larger ones. What do I actually want to know and need to know and what is optional in the end because perhaps it's
0: down the road or it's even unanswerable in the long run. Okay. And uh, other return questions to Sebastian. You mentioned the Software Bill of Delivery as opposed to the Software Bill of Materials. Would this SBOD rather be a part of an SBOM or vice versa or neither or if i understood you correctly first you have an s-bomb and further down the process uh, you have a software bill of delivery or how is that yeah
1: it's it's more it's more like this of course there are some kind of interdependencies between both concepts and uh, yeah software bill of delivery is also rather new i would say um, but as i already mentioned it's probably simply uh, Little later in the software life cycle. So if we introduce these metaphors again, uh, software bill of material is rather how do I package my piece of software or service? What's included? So the freight papers in the end. So what's in the lorry and so on. And especially these days when you need to have uh, services running and you need to be able to reinstantiate them uh, properly in the exact same um, status as they were before. Uh, you need to have also some kind of an operating manual, if you might take that, um, how to deploy, how to deliver them um, in the environment um, you want to run them. And that's where this comes into play. And of course, uh, for, for all the details, I would recommend in the other podcast episode um, yeah, about this topic.
0: All right. Okay, then maybe let's leave it at SBOM is great papers, uh, as you just put it yourself, right? Now, last time I mentioned uh, Software Bill of Deliveries, I know there is actually a project uh, that uh, tries to establish a standard there. How about SBOM? Are we talking about a specific initiative here, uh, an open source project with a GitHub repo or something, or is this just a discussion that we need to lead?
1: Yeah, we certainly need to lead this discussion and there are also certainly a, a lot of projects going on as I mentioned one one aspect is this uh, yeah, open source solutions that address the, the challenges but in essence it's simply that legal requirements already came up because of uh, the licenses which I mentioned or they, they will come up much, much more in the near future for security reasons, for auditability reasons. And security is actually a big, big driver for these new regulations that come up from governments in the end. And uh, the United States and the European Union are pretty much at the forefront here. And there's this uh, so-called US executive order on cybersecurity, which mandates the availability of S for software products that you want to introduce in the market. So we need to have them, and the same is planned for the European Union. There's this so-called Cyber Resilience Act. Everybody has with this cyber. So yeah, but it's currently being developed, and yeah, it, it seems to be that uh, it will be final before the elections next year. And it also contains that we need to get uh, our software bill of material right, we need to get the information to secure the software supply chain, that's uh, the main aspect of it. And yeah, that drives also community engagement, you said specific initiatives, um, we have a pretty new open source foundation called the Open Source Security Foundation. Within this foundation, there's the so-called SBOM Everywhere initiative because it's part of the software, or one aspect is the secure software supply chain. And there are also a lot of discussions among companies, for example, especially also in Germany in associations like the Bitcom, as we met Max, right? But of course, many things are also happening decentrally in the affected companies because we had that, the problems need to be solved. And they potentially need to be solved uh, pretty soon as we, we're facing these uh, legal requirements, not only from the licenses, but also from governments and supernatural institutions.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think you you mentioned, uh, Sebastian, already uh, a number of uh, organizations or foundations where SBOM is the main topic. And I think there are many other fora where SBOM also plays a significant role, but which are quite focused on a specific community or interest. And also S-BOMs are there discussed very specifically for this focus of the community. Like, for instance, a security-related community would rather speak about S-BOMs for security reasons, of course, to answer questions there with a managing risk in the supply chain. But a community focused more on open source licensing and best practices for Ospos will uh, see other use cases in SBOMs and talk about it perhaps also a little bit differently rather in the space about the yeah, open source opportunities, like how can we better manage open source and uh, direct our developers and contributions to uh, technologies that are interesting to this organization. And uh, this makes it also a little bit difficult for the whole discussions to be focused and to be streamlined into the further development of S-BOMs because there are so many different aspects to it.
0: Little side note there. I think I just noticed uh, that you are not coming from an engineering background from university, Max. Uh, You actually said fora where everybody else would say forums. (laughs) Anyway, just happened to notice These are the lawyer groups in which I'm part of. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah, a very special community to put it bluntly. Apart from that... I think I got an understanding already that uh, there is a need for discussion. As Max, you put it before, uh, we probably need to agree on a minimal set of what S-bombs should contain, to which everyone should then hopefully comply. What else, maybe Sebastian, is the need, are the requirements, the shortcomings of current approaches?
1: Yeah, so these specifications are of course under active development, so if we mention SPDX or Cyclone DX and they are extensible and of course it's, let's say, then a moving target if we say they, they can't solve something, they might solve it in the near future, but as Max already said, the challenges are not net, net, only in the um, specifications themselves uh, as in many, many other cases, it's not uh, technical issues we have uh, problems or challenges to solve on an organizational scale Um, so structures in companies that have existed for years or even decades um, they they suddenly need to take care of new requirements and that's uh, always an interesting thing to see especially for uh, all of us which we are um, working in bigger companies so to say so that affects software procurement IT legal uh, software delivery and many many more And uh, in all these areas, more things need to be documented because they need to be audited. Um, And as all companies are different, there's no silver bullet to that. There are maybe best practices, as Max mentioned, and you can exchange them. But finally, the solutions need to be tailored and need to be adapted to the company culture and the organizational structure based on these blueprints, best practices, and how you may call it. So, um, yeah, that's uh, as usual in the software industry. Yeah? The c- coding, when you have all the things clear, simple, maybe the, the hard work is before and afterwards, I would say sometimes.
2: I think uh, Sebastian said everything that I would have said. And we already have, uh, he mentioned all this different interests and in I also beforehand. And I think that that's a big challenge uh, for these Uh, specifications for SPDX and and Cyclone DX, that there are so many specific uh, needs that the stakeholders would like to implement in in SBOMs or the specifications. And I think it's very important to weigh between these interests and to avoid uh, a further bloating and also breaking the existing standards and, and workflows that have been established. To keep the core intact of these specifications and these processes is already important enough because companies that implement SBOMs into their processes already struggle with implementing just the core of SBOMs and not all these extra um, uh, features that are implemented. On the other hand, of course, it's important to think further in going more into the direction of this SBOD, the deployment, the reproducibility, and all these different cases that you can have, and not only SBOM, but also hardware and operations and so on. So it's very difficult, and I don't have the silver bullet here, and it just shows how SBOMs are such a great tool to tackle many different challenges and
0: problems that we have. Okay, in summary great tool but uh, many differences, challenging what's the designated place to discuss is there one yet? Well, there are some
1: there are the beginnings and we also need to see how things evolve here a bit, yeah, so in the end I would say have a look at uh, different foundations such as the uh, open Source Security Foundation and the Security Tooling Working Group. And we discussed that also in events like the Ospology event. So um, just organize, uh, discuss about it either virtually or in person. Because many, many people have ideas how to solve a certain thing. And then as also in the open source world, if many people work together, things will converge. And uh, we will have a better solution and overview in the end than we uh, had if we did it uh, just ourselves.
0: I okay, and you, do you think that will be enough or would someone have to go in the lead and say, here's the place to agree on an S-Bomb standard now?
1: Well, it, it also will converge a bit, I would say, in, in the end. So um, we have this interesting situation that there are at least two major uh, technical standards in the end, so uh, SPDX and CycloneDX, DX, and uh, we've seen that several times in the industry for various uh, problems and solutions. And, yeah, it's hard to foresee if there needs to be one or if there will be one. Mm, don't know. Max, what do you think?
2: It's also very hard for me. Um, we discussed that very long, uh, also internally, which is the standard that we would like to adopt primarily and um, i think the feature set is a little bit different but also the working mode of the communities is perhaps a little bit different like i personally know more about the community of spdx and i value it because it's very open and transparent and uh, people can just join i'm not sure about cyclone dx to be honest and i know that uh, a lot of development is going on like for instance spdx is working on a new major version that changes a lot It's still in the process um But this is also an argument that I would make is go upstream. Do not only complain about shortcomings of one or both of of these standards, but actually go upstream and contribute. And uh, I very much liked what Sebastian said about the open source spirit here. That also applies to these standards and these specifications. Of course, discuss in smaller circles like these hospitality events or Bitcoin, or also security foundations, but in the end it has to go directly upstream and we have to learn from real-life experiences that we made in our organizations to adapt to the actual needs of these organizations and of the users and implementers. Which standard will win or whether we actually only have will- only have one standard or, in the end, three or so. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It really much depends on how organizations play with it and, in the end, a more practical approach.
0: Okay, Max, you mentioned something about internal discussion. so let's take it away from the whole world there for a second. Um, or maybe Sebastian first. Uh, what are we doing at SAP to tackle the SBOM needs?
1: Yeah. We have a long history of SBOM management at SAP. I don't know if they called it SBOM back in the day when they started it because we need to solve challenges like license compliance, export control, security vulnerability management, and so on. And there are several proprietary internal solutions to tackle them, but we, of course, also use open source tools like Eclipse software 360. And, um, yeah, this diversity, heterogeneity create also issues and uh, we also tackle that by um, let's say creating um, a unified solution and uh, there's also um, a nice video about it, maybe we add it later to the notes. Um, so that's that's a different story and uh, yeah, all this is part of uh, the, the challenges and the solutions we, we have at SAP so we are heavily working on that in, in several uh, teams and, and areas. And um, I'm curious uh, how things will go in the next uh, months and years to come, especially with the Cyber Resilience Act and uh, the US Executive Order.
0: And uh, I'm also curious uh, how that is at Deutsche Bahn, Max.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, first of all, let me again say that I'm with DB Sistel, so I cannot speak for whole Deutsche Bahn. And this also shows uh, a challenge that we have in the organization that um, we traditionally are a little bit federated, uh, f- sometimes for very good reasons, and it, it has its uh, upsides. But, of course, with the standardization, it's, of course, a little bit trickier then. Within DBSYSTER, we, have, of course, the main software part of Deutsche Bahn, where a lot of software is being made. So Bombs here is very well managed, I would say. We have an interdisciplinary team of people, and this is what I see as a big advantage, that we include security engineers, open source specialists, project managers, and many other stakeholders. If we have a look at the whole Deutsche Bahn, it's interesting to learn that, of course, there are other parts of the company that are more concerned about hardware, for instance. I have a colleague, he builds the next generation of uh, high-speed trains in Germany, and he's, of course, interested in S-bombs, but also in hardware bombs and in operational bombs and other parts. So he wants to have a, a very good oversight of which crews and which elements and under which configurations things are running in this new generation of trains. And here it becomes very tricky and, of course, also very interesting because we have to think broader than just software and think about processes, workflows, but also tools that can manage perhaps all these use cases, if that's possible. So here's an extra challenge that we have. But yeah, it's an ongoing journey and we are definitely not at the end of this journey.
0: Okay, that makes me hope, by the way, that it's not so much a challenge, uh, the difference between hardware bombs and uh, software bombs, uh, but that one can learn from the other and vice versa, maybe. But let's not not, not get into this because that's more part of the discussions that we're discussing about, uh, the needed ones about S bombs, I guess. Now uh, that we've taken a quick look uh, inside SAP and Deutsche Bahn, just in a quick summary, either of you, what's the relevance in particular to open source again? Why are we discussing this in this uh, podcast? Yeah, well, to sum it up,
1: we all use open source software components in various products and services. So we need to analyze, declare these components with respect to legal requirements. And this makes SBOM part of managing any software component on solution, may it be a completely open source or a combination when we use open source components in commercial solutions. So it's in everyone's interest to have standards, blueprints uh, available, how to handle these SBOMs. And um, that's where we are and why is it important to have a look at open source in the area of SBOM management and creation and stuff.
0: And with this topic that we're discussing today, I have the feeling that the usual before-last question is more important than ever. Where would you want people who have an opinion about SBOMs and who are willing to discuss where should they go? where should they join the effort, the discussion?
1: Uh, yeah, so I already mentioned the, the Open Source uh, Security Foundation. That's one uh, place to be, I would say. Uh, but if you want to learn a bit, have a look at the websites of both uh, SPDX and CycloneDX. They have a very decent overview of what's all about, about the nitty-gritty details and uh, also a learning offering, so um, from the very beginning to detailed questions. So, yeah, that's the two things I would recommend.
0: Okay, and apart from joining the discussion there, what are your three to four main things, your key takeaways, that you want everyone to remember? If you want, you can just take turns. maybe Max, you start.
2: What I already said in the beginning, SBOMs themselves are not the solution to anything. Um, they're a means to an end, and uh, an organization has to know which questions and which challenges it, it faces and what it wants to have answered. And SBOM is not a universal tool or a cure for, for all these kind of issues. It requires a lot of thinking of uh, processes. And on the other hand, SBOMs are very diverse and uh, probably especially here now at this stage, will never be fully complete or correct. So we have to know that. But SBOMs are bringing us a little bit closer to know the truth about the supply chain and to be better at managing open source. And more than ever, I would say talk to people. Uh, This is the open source spirit. Uh, Include people that have interest in SBOMs and that need to be involved in this process because it's so big. Talk to the engineers talk to different parts of the company in the supply chain, talk to other parts of the company who have more interest in not only software, but perhaps other things that have to be in an inventory in some way. And, of course, contribute your experiences in smaller discussions, but also upstream with uh, SPDX-like analytics and
0: other specifications. Okay, how about yours, Sebastian?
1: Yeah, i am try to keep it short. SBOMs will become, if they are not already, a vital part of the software development lifecycle. These new uh, regulations in many jurisdictions, US, European Union, make the proper generation and management of SBOMs simply mandatory for software vendors. And last but not least, of course, open source plays a vital role in both the generation and management of SBOMs, because open source is in the freight papers of virtually all software products, and there are um, a lot of solutions uh, for SBOM generation and management that are open source.
0: Oh, my God, you've just said the evil word, mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, that's, it, it's good that you mentioned that. Um, and with that, thank you very much, Max. Thank you very much, Sebastian, for being our guest today. It was nice to have you both here. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, very thank
0: you for the invitation, Carsten.
1: Thank you very it's much for pleasure. having us.
0: Thanks. You are more than welcome and thank you out there for listening to the open source way. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Don't miss our next episode. We usually publish every last Wednesday of the month, but we may in December publish early on the 20th because 27th would fall into this most lazy time of the year. In any case, you will find us on OpenSAP and in most of those places that you find your other podcasts, be that the the mainstream ones, Apple, Spotify, or the open source podcast clients, etc. Thanks again and bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you.